come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your poltergeist, Kinsey. I'm your poltergeist, Donna. I'm your poltergeist, Mac. And this week, we watch the brand spanking new 2023 Exorcist Believer. This is kind of what we've been leading up to and the finale of our Devil Suite. So let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? How was your theater experience? Oh, boy. <laughs> I get to tell you about my theater experience. <laughs> uh, but for, well, no, let me do that first. So there, there were not very many people in the theater. I watched it at a one o'clock matinee. But some of the people that were in the theater were like two seats over in the back row. As the preview started, these two people were talking loudly and on their phone. And I sat there, you know, and I was doing the tension thing. The shoulders are getting tight. My brain's getting angry. And I sat there and rehearsed in my brain. I rehearsed in my brain. Excuse me. Can you please put your phone away? In a, in a polite tone of voice. I, I rehearsed that in my brain. Excuse me. Can you please put your phone away? And actually, once the movie actually started, the phone went away. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. I, you know, during the previews, no big deal. Right. And um, about the time people were going to look in the woods, the phone came out. So me, who had rehearsed a polite phrase, turned and went, hey, put the phone away. And then went, dear God, <laughs> I I did that. And then I just sank into my seat and stared fixedly at the screen for the rest of the movie. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously it worked, Donna, because they didn't you they didn't bring the phone out again. They did not. <laughs> However, I need you to understand something. I was at that movie during the OU Texas game. I mean, that's commitment, Donna. That's, yeah. That's yeah, that's it is. Commitment. But you know what that meant? I couldn't check the score. I absolutely could not check the score. No, you could not. So, and that that game was a nail biter. So I was sitting there for the rest of the of the movie, going, "Oh God, oh God." So yeah. anyway, and, and this was football, right? Yes, yes, Mac. This was this was football, which again is the one with the shoulder pads. Yes, okay. yes, and, and I'm the caught fight. up. And the funny shaped wall. Gotcha. But anyway, that was my movie going experience. Also, I fled as soon as the credits started rolling because despite my the way I roared at my neighbors, I don't like confrontation. So I fled as soon as the credits started rolling. <laughs> what did you think as, of the movie though? <laughs> yeah, as far as the movie goes, um, I mean I I had a good time. I I enjoyed the movie. It was a it was a fun watch. My friend Aaron Burr was there, and he did a good job. But I actually feel like maybe some producers got involved and stirred around a little bit um, because I feel like they were working towards a point. They had a point that was over here, and then all of a sudden they just took a hard left and um, missed their point. I don't know. I enjoyed the movie. I had fun watching it, but I just... I, I guess that's the best way to put it. I feel like the movie missed its own point. So, and 
yay surprise the well air quotes surprise it wasn't that big a surprise at the end nobody was surprised <laughs> um we saw it thursday night it wasn't a huge crowd but it's also thursday night it's the fair amc i assume yeah oh yeah yeah amc dolby because that's how we roll and it had some dude bros sitting next to billy that definitely you could tell they were kind of scared but they were trying to play it off by not being scared by like oh making jokes and stuff like that and i leaned over to billy at one point and i was like how about y'all shut the fuck up you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i I had an inside voice at that moment. I don't know how it happened. It probably never will happen again, but it was, it's fine. Like I'll get more into it when we get into the discussion. It, it it's fine. It's, it's fine. I'll, I'll leave it that. My theater experience. I, I did Thursday after like the first screenings off the, off the lot five o'clock. Um, I did it at Synergy, but they got rid of their Duncan iced coffee. So oh, I was God. going in there thinking, I'm going to be able to sit through this movie and stay awake. And they didn't have any coffee for me. So I was like, well, here we go. Let's see what happens. I did manage to stay awake through the whole movie. I'm not entirely sure why. But then as I was transcribing my notes, I was falling asleep doing that. There's one where I start a sentence that's just the F, 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 F. I don't know what that was going to be. It was going to be a profound thought, but I lost consciousness somewhere in the second word. Uh, Okay, so... I'm a unique test case. I I've been with David Gordon Green through three of these Halloween movies, and I liked all three of them. There's not a lot of people who really genuinely liked all three of those Halloween movies. What were they? Halloween, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. Oh, I'm sorry. I I I didn't catch Halloween trilogy. I thought you yeah. mean movies that came out in Halloween. Okay, no, go no, ahead. The, the the Halloween trilogy that he, he that was his last project was those three movies. And a lot of people complained about a lot of those second two movies. Like, ah, I hate this. And I'm like, ah, you know, I liked it. Fuck off. He lost me here, man. He lost me here. I, I like. I was. I was actually really excited about this movie. I was preparing for the annual David Gordon Green uh, uh, sacrifice critically, where everybody was just going to decide they hated the movie, and I was just going to decide I liked the movie. Didn't have it. Everybody, li- everybody dislikes this movie. I'm with them. It's it's not good. It has a couple of the little fashionable choices from Exorcist movies. You know, Captain Howdy is somewhere in the background there. That's fine. But man, is that third act muddled as hell. Like, oh, we never asked the Catholics if we could do this. Oh, wait. No, the Catholic is here. Oh, wait. The Catholic's useless. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I don't know. Ah. Oh, one of them has to die. No, wait. No, no, no. Yes, they did. One of them had to die. Oh, I had to. Maybe. I don't know. Well, it was the white girl who died, so we're fine. The end. Yeah. But All the right. black girl lives, so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's- bad, bad movie. Bad movie. And I'm, I'm fine that the, that the black girl lived. That's that's nice. I'm glad that Linda Blair got work. Uh, but such a muddled mess of a movie I went in there with all of the best intentions to like it, and I didn't. It's bad. It's a bad movie, and it's bad for people. All right. And on that note, for those of you who don't know what Exorcist Believer is about, our good, good buddies at IMDb want you to know that when two girls disappear into the woods 
and returned three days later with no memory of what happened to them. The father of one girl seeks out Chris McNeil, who's been forever altered by what happened to her daughter 50 years ago. But what it's really about uh-huh. is, is Dear Theodosia, the motion picture, turns out to suck all interest out of that particular moment. <laughs> uh. Dear Theodosia. Uh, by the way, they never tell you what happens in those three days. No. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah. also, also, we're in spoiler territory now. Not that we're advocating you go see this. Maybe this will sway you not to go see it. I don't know. I wasn't mad that I spent a matinee ticket price on it. I, I mean, it, it beats digging ditches for two hours, but uh, yeah. yeah, I no, I, 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 I found this movie sort of willfully annoying. I wasn't, I think I'm kind of in between both of y'all because I wasn't annoyed by it, but I, I, here's, okay, actually, let's finish up the IMDb thing. By the way, if you haven't seen it, IMDb will spoil a thing. I mean, it's not a huge spoiler because I think as soon as we met Chris McNeil, we knew what we were going to see at the end. It's not, it's not like it's going to really spoil a thing, but I think IMDb just could have done better. I, and I, I gave think they the, just could have done better. Yeah, and I gave our spoiler warning, so we can say what we're dancing around. So yeah, I'm just saying, I yeah. be you could have done better. Which what we're dancing around is at the very end, uh, Linda Blair, aka Reagan, shows up because that is a point of discussion. Is that uh, Chris McNeil doesn't know where her daughter is? Like they ran, they don't talk that often. She's in hiding because she did not like that Chris McNeil wrote a book and became very famous probably even more so famous for her book about reagan's possession and the exorcism that followed and all of that attention which the cgi on burston in those scenes we're still trying to figure that out it's the one moment of actual wonder in the film like is it cgi or is it did they get a double in there like i mean with as i mean ellen burston is 90 so with as mm-hmm. much filmography as they have of her i know with that that technology you have more filmography then it's easier to do that especially at that time so i think i think it's cgi i i really like a a deep fake yeah yeah yeah. probably it looks so good yeah so one of my things with this film which you know and i think when Cass was on they had mentioned about grief and trauma and horror kind of being the thing right now and i i have to say talk to me does a better does this better with grief and possession and that's my problem is that and it's still been a couple i mean it's probably been close to a month since i've seen talk to me but as i was watching this i was reminded of that was done better and that's the problem with this is that I, I don't disagree that there was probably a point, but I it feels very safe. Like they they had some ideas that they were they wanted to do, but then they decided to play it safe. Which to me, if you're going to if you're going to tie into The Exorcist, then you need to tie into it and not be safe. I'm not saying masturbation with crucifixes or anything like that, but you need to do something. Yeah. To um, like it, 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 it tries to eventually create an ecumenical 
exorcism team, which feels like you said, very safe. And I'm yeah. like, this is coming from somebody who very nearly went to seminary to become a Unitarian minister. Honest to God, it's it felt lame. It, it felt not trying to make a point about, you know, many faiths and coming together. But it may, it was like, well, this has got to be a four quadrant movie and it's got to clear X amount of money on opening weekend. So we better not piss anybody off. You know, in the context of the world of The Exorcist, it is lame because... The world of the exorcist is very much Catholicism, yes. But I kind of liked the idea of the 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 diversity that they were going for. That they were going for, yeah. you know, all faiths are valid. And but see, having I'm, said that, you're right. In the world of the exorcist, no, not all faiths are valid. It's Catholic or nothing. Exactly. It's there. There. It's a nice feeling, but the movie is not all that interested in it other than to include everybody. And like, I'm fine with that. But this felt very crass and calculated, and not trying to make a loftier point. Theologically speaking, it was just, oh, you know, Catholics only go see a certain kind of movie, so we better make it yeah. for everybody. And then. And then they promptly dumped that idea by having everyone be thrilled when the Catholic showed up. And then the Catholic eats it hard. And then the the Catholic eats it instantly. There. I mean, the yeah. Catholic didn't even have an impact. He walks in, goes, "Yay, your 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 superhero is here!" And then he's, he's Mark Hamilling in the Last Jedi. Everybody's like, "Hey, guys!" You mean uh, you mean Great Value Oscar Isaac Priest? <laughs> yeah, or Jason Miller, great value. It, there's a lot of great valuing in this movie. I think the point they were trying to make, and I and I'm with Donna. I like the all fates are valid because it makes it reminds me of the whole Still Magnolias quote of God doesn't right. care uh, where you go to church as long as you show up. Like it reminds me of that quote. Yeah, and that community is important. That it does take a community. Like I think yeah. that's what they were trying to do. It's just not executed very well, right. and that's yeah. and that's the problem. It, it, it actually reflects my worldview, but I but the movie doesn't sell me on it, which is a really bad failure if you can't yeah. get the people that would have already been with you on board with your whole mm-hmm. ethos. Yeah, and then they took this weird turn, and I don't even know what their point was when they took the turn. They were like, "Well, screw all that. I know we spent the whole movie building that. Let's just go somewhere else." And I don't know even where they went. I'm not sure where they went, but it wasn't there. Like when when demons give you a choice, don't take the choice. That's just that's just demons 101. And I haven't even studied demons. So demons 101, they give you a choice. Say no, 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 thanks, dude. Well, and that's the thing is that I like that the primary caregiver parents, I'm going to say that. So uh, White Lady and Aaron Burr, they fundamentally understood that point like i can't choose i can't choose because fiero aka white dude parent um side note i'm going to be referring to him as fiero because that's how i know him from wicked's broadway um he wasn't present he which shows you useless yeah so that when it when he heard that choice he could do it like and to me the choice is the most shocking thing in that film which if you're if you're setting a film in the Exorcist universe, that shouldn't be the most shocking thing or the most fucked up thing. Like, that doesn't need to be it. 
Well, and here here is one of my big problems. And Max is going to be like, this is your big problem. Um, <laughs> who is Catherine? Like, we spend a fair amount of time learning who Angela is. We know who Angela is. Yeah. Who is Catherine? I don't know who she is. I don't know who she is. I know she's a white girl. I know her. I know her parents take her to church. I know she has brothers and sisters. I don't know anything about her. She is not a character in this in this movie. Yeah. She's just she's just a kid that Angela knows. That's that's it. And yeah. for me to care that she got dragged to hell, I need to know more than what Fierro says to yeah. the cop that she's a popular girl. That doesn't tell me right any, anything. Tells me nothing. Yeah. And I, I find that to be a failure. I, and I, I all I could figure is they wanted me to be happy that Angela lived, and they they couldn't be sure that I would be happy that Angela lived if I was sad that Catherine died, and so they made me not give a shit about Catherine. That's all I could figure. Now, what I'm understanding is that they did this some previews I think earlier this year, and they were quite disastrous. So I wonder if the studio interceded and said you've got this film with a certain idea and, and, and certain things happening in it. You got to smooth this thing out. Like, I don't think we can go back to the script and just redo this whole thing. This like, we're not Warner brothers. This isn't 2004. We're not going to make one version of exorcist four and then make a whole other version of exorcist four. <laughs> we're universal. We're, we're frugal. We're thrifty. Just make this movie as inoffensive as possible. Um, well, yeah. I know they they did some shooting of this film like pre-COVID because they had burst in literally like a day, day and a half. They shot her stuff first because woman's 90 years old. They wanted her stuff to be finished. So I know they they that's, filmed. That's very cynical. Yeah. We got to get her footage before she dies, man. Yeah. I know that. But yeah, it just it just like I said, it just feels safe. Where Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends are going in weird directions, but it's not playing it safe with what it's trying to truck in. That's why I'm viscerally disappointed in David Gordon Green with this movie, that he didn't didn't go for it. Here's a cynical note for you, Mac. Because Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends took chances, and it was not, a, not favorites of everybody, the general public, yeah. you know, what if that reaction was uh, was Blumhouse's note to him, so he did play it safe. But that that, that doesn't excuse him. I mean, he, he didn't just be like, hey, fucking fire me. I'm making my Spider-Man 3 here. You know, he, he he's a rich white guy who's eminently employable in the entertainment industry. He can't just say, I'm going to make the movie I'm going to want to make, and if you got a problem with it, you got a problem with it. That's what Friedkin did with the original. So if you're going to be trucking an exorcism, you got to, at some point, tell the studio to fuck off and let me make my movie. I mean... Yeah, but also, you don't hear that story anymore. Like, a lot of the 70s filmmakers, that was kind of their yeah. bag. And I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm. It's... Still, some of the best cinema that we I've. I mean, I've seen good cinema pre currently, but there's there's a reason that fifty plus years later it's iconic, and so I like you know I like when they do that. But I will say though, so kind of on a different discussion point than this, <laughs> the most real thing that this film got, the most real thing. Like one that I feel is very true to life and hit me to my core of my being, which was uh, 
girls being girls by doing spooky shit. And I cannot tell you, like, as a junior high tween girl doing spooky shit at that age, yeah, 100%. So that rang very true. (laughs) Yeah. Now, would I have done that particular game? No. But. (laughs) Yeah, see, I don't know. It's so weird because most of the things my mom told me to never do was like, well, I'm doing that right now. But somehow the one about never mess with a Ouija board stuck. I don't know. I don't know why that one stuck, but don't mess with a Ouija board. That one stuck. I just don't see any reason to mess with that. I don't believe anything will happen. But why? Why? You know, I don't ever remember getting that 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 discussion point talked to by my mom. Did it one time. That was enough for me. So I, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I played with a Ouija board once, and, and it struck me even then that this is a very strange mass-produced toy, because I think it was actually even, like, packed like a board game from Parker Brothers. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, okay, there's two possibilities. Parker Brothers has either given me the most useless piece of shit ever created, or it's given me a gateway to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a false dichotomy. It's one of those two things. It's either the dumbest thing ever... Or a, a gateway to the darkness. There you go. Yeah, I mean, that's guess, it. Guess which one it was. The useless piece of cardboard? There it is. <laughs> Stingwich. Okay, this is what really annoys me about the movie as well. Like, there are several things that really annoy me about it. There is almost no skepticism among the characters. There's a little bit with Aaron Burr, but it's thrown away not because it's earned it just because the movie needs to get to the part where people aren't doubting things but like the 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 first movie and the and the novel uh do a great job at really wrestling with Harris's doubts not only about the church but about what's happening like he is he is proceeding from a place of a man of the world where no this is not something that actually happens i have to debunk this i have to like any any hole in the story i'm going to focus on that whereas this it's like well clearly they're possessed now maybe that's just an episcopalian thing i don't know maybe they were like oh well she's these two girls are clearly possessed we don't really have a problem like you know you might call us catholic light but one of the things that we did eliminate was uh the scrutiny of exorcism cases we just you know somebody does something weird in a church it's exorcism time like you know Mental illness? Nah, 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 nah. Any, any mental illness is basically the demon inhabiting this child. So let's let's just throw away all that, you know, reasonable Occam's razor explanations and, and just break out the holy water because uh, the devil lives among us. And I think that's another thing that you, another good point you've hit on. There was no skepticism and everybody was cool to be like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've done the science thing in which, yeah, science is cool, man. But let's Let's all these different people jump on board on doing an exorcism. Let's just, everyone's cool with tying up these 13-year-old girls and and doing weird shit to them. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, like, cool, man, cool. Like, yeah, so that's what's... It needed a good Catholic like Father Karen, so he's like, I'm worried we're going to do more harm. Let's align from that first week. I'm like, thank you, Damien. Thank you. But what I was going to say, one of the the thing I brought up for our poll question, and we decided to go with something different, which is which is fine. 
the thing I brought up for our poll question was what are these devils, what are these demons hoping to accomplish when they possess these children? Because if I were a supernatural entity possessing a child, I don't think I would immediately announce my presence by all making all these horrific groans and attacking people and making huge wounds, you know, just because that seems like a, a good way to just get yourself put in a mental hospital and or exercised right away. You know, if I were trying to accomplish something, I think I would try and keep it on the down low until I was well and truly in there. But I was just I thinking that what what our beliefs in exorcism are based on is things like people with seizures. Yeah. Or people with schizophrenia, people with psychoses, that kind of thing which are people who are not keeping shit on the down low. You know, somebody who just falls over and has a grand mal seizure is probably making weird noises, for instance. So that that would make sense, since this is what our belief in, in, in possession is based on. That would make sense that this is what the Catholic Church thinks possession looks like. Or somebody talking to thin air and saying weird things. I kind of just answered my own question right there. Why isn't the demon playing it a little more cool? Because based on what our belief in possession is based on, the demon's not playing it more cool because the demon is a mental illness. Okay, there we go. And, and the demon is a trickster, fundamentally. And what was interesting in the Exorcist TV show that was released just a couple of years ago, since they're making it over 10 episodes uh the demon does that it's a slow burn like there's just a behavior change in the possessee uh but she's saying things that are like really real not like mean plus like just cutting to the core of everybody else's problems and speaking to their insecurities and and their you know their weaknesses mm -hmm. i think Marin says it in the first one, like the demon's more interested in convincing you that you can't be loved and can't be like the that the world is so dark that the that that it, the demon's winning. I mean, th this is getting into a theological question too, like but and and that's where the exorcists come in and say, Hey, no, be gone, devil. The, there's a book called Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. I highly recommend, I will always speak highly of this book, that does the mental illness and possession what the demon does. Because it's kind of, it's very similar to the Exorcist series, as you were explaining, that it's just subtle changes and it's, there's problems that are going on and that it amplifies those problems in the family. And they do, by doing this, they do the skepticism then because of the, as things go on and money is becoming non-existent because no neither parent can work because they one of them has to be home with their daughter they uh they sell it to like a and e travel channel and do like a where they film the the exorcism like it's basically like one of the you know like think like ghost hunters ghost adventures like that like they do that and it's and you find out who the narrator is about halfway through so one then it's an unreliable narrator. So what this person is remembering may not be 
what actually happened. And I realize I'm just now just talking about the book and selling it and not, not going with the point that I was trying to make. But yeah, that book does play with the mental illness angle. And it does, it's not interested in telling you why this happened, but it does amplify problems that were already there and just the chaos that it causes. Yeah, it it loves chaos. It loves uncertainty. It loves yeah people. It loves bringing people who are outwardly very sure of their understanding of the universe down low. Yeah. I have one other note. Like, as I was ending, I was like, oh, man, for its own sake, I hope, sure hope this movie makes some money this weekend because I can't fathom an actual reason for this forthcoming trilogy to exist. And then as the weekend progressed, I wrote a note like, hey, I've been checking the box office figures far more for any other film I've, you know, followed or been interested in. Not because I'm hoping that it does get through, but because I really don't want to sit through two more of these. <laughs> Actually, last I heard that it is on track to be number one this but weekend. Not, yeah. But yeah, that's the headline's been despite the mixed review. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a $30 million opening, which is, I mean, compare that to $76 million for Halloween in 2018. Also, apparently, this is what I saw on Deadline, that uh, Universal paid through the nose for the Exorcist rights. Something to the tune of, like, nine figures. Like, this movie already costs, Whoa. like, half a billion dollars just based on the rights acquisition. Whoa. Whoa. I do have one more thing, and it's just me telling on myself. Okay. And I have to say, to start out with, I'm a huge Hamilton fan, enormous mm -hmm. Hamilton mm -hmm. fan. I don't know if I could do it anymore, but for a long time, I think I could just start singing the Hamilton soundtrack and keep going and not miss a word for the entire first act. You know, I just, huge Hamilton fan. And it took me a disturbingly long time to recognize Leslie Odom Jr., it took oh. me a while. Now, there was a good chunk of time when I was going, I know that guy. Mm. I mean, mm -hmm. I did know I knew him, but it took me a while. And I think I, I was really frustrated when I did finally recognize him because, I mean, it's Aaron Burr. But I think I finally realized this morning that for a good chunk of the time when he's playing Aaron Burr, he had his jaw sticking out. He really had his lower jaw yeah, sticking but, out. Yeah. Because he was really trying to be this um, I'm a stubborn guy. So he really had his jaw sticking out. And he doesn't do that in this film. I think the other end of that is, you know, I, uh, my wife a little bit more than I am, but I've watched like the Disney Plus recording of Hamilton probably 20 times now. And I, uh, Lauren actually saw Leslie Odom Jr. He was on a tour and he was in Oklahoma this last spring. So we saw him on stage. The man is charisma. Like he, he's got charisma to spare. And this movie doesn't have it for him. He's not a charismatic figure. And that feels like such a egregiously wasted opportunity that you have, like, m maybe he doesn't translate the same to film that he does uh, on stage. But the fact that there is not a lot of charisma to this character that Odin plays is another, another real hard ding against the movie. Yeah. I would almost say it's the movie because he has a semi-recurring character on Law & Order SVU as a priest. Okay. And anytime he shows up, like, yeah. I knew him from this before I knew 
even before because it was pre Hamilton, but he he's there, like he's present, and you know he's present, and whatever he is, you know, whoever he is defending, whoever he's representing, you know, like you know it. So I kind of feel it's this movie. <laughs> I, I'm willing to get. I was I was going to give it a pass, but but it, it's still. Because we, Billy and I had some, like, jokes, like, midway through that were, like, bleeding over into Hamilton and SVU, and (laughs) just, it was a weird, it was a weird mashup. (laughs) Uh, So, our quote, we we definitely had a lot of discussions, not gonna lie, uh, uh, me and Editor Billy, one of the ones we did like was Chris McNeil's line about every morning I wake up wondering where my daughter is we like that one quite a bit that was one we would we talked about in the car on the way home but the quote that we all we all landed on and agreed with mac you've got it yep uh i don't believe in the question which we kind of felt like that one also played into the scientific angle which we were just discussing about that it really had no interest in that but it should have and it just it felt it felt it's a good it's a good line from possibly a better movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and delivered delivered fantastically. Yeah. By Aaron Burr himself. Mm-hmm. And I like it because of course it applies well to this movie, but it also applies well to a lot of scientific stuff. It it's a it's a question that particularly in biology, you'll hear people go, Oh, you believe in evolution. And it's a it's a question like, no, I don't believe in evolution. I understand evolution. I don't believe in it because it's not a religion. There's no faith required to believe in evolution. And I, I feel like that statement actually expresses it better. I don't believe in the question. I have spent several years of college studying biological science, which means... Of course, of course, evolution is, I'm suddenly having an entirely different conversation, but <laughs> there's there's no question to be had about evolution. So I don't believe in the question. I like that answer. So anyway, it's a good quote. It's a thoughtful yeah. moment from a pretty thoughtless movie. Yeah. And there was another really good, uh, there, was a, there was a kind of a funnier one about, um, I'm going to go. Well, I got to go check my miracle into a mental, mental institution, if you'll excuse me. Yep, that was that was the one. <laughs> yeah, that one sadly did not get as many laughs as I wanted it to. <laughs> there was another quote that a lot of people seem to really like. I've, I've seen it on several quote sites when Catherine is becoming well and truly possessed and she goes stomping up the center aisle of the church, screaming the body and the blood. Mm-hmm which I think was supposed to be really disturbing. And the whole time I was like, I feel like you could have found a better quote that was not really. Well, that's the thing is like that scene right there. That's the problem with this film, Donna, is that they rushed the possession because you jumped from when they were found to Catherine and Angela freaking the fuck out. Yeah, there was no, like, when Reagan walked up to the astronaut and said, you're going to die. Yeah, like, there was no, they didn't, they didn't care about being creepy. And they definitely didn't care about the shock value, thinking that's going to be just enough to shock us. Yeah, Uh, they they needed that 
weird. Of course, you know, The Exorcist was what, 50 years ago? 50 years, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, movies movies had a much different pacing 50 years ago, so uh, maybe they just felt like they didn't they couldn't afford to have the the slower pace. Maybe. maybe. Movies should not be afraid of that anymore, I think. No. I agree. I, I mean, just l- let the story flow. All right. Macula, you also have our rule. Indeed. Never send an Episcopalian to do a Jesuit's job. <laughs> Not just Episcopalians in this, but there's there's also a, a ecumenical Protestant team of exorcists, and they are not up to the task. Now, granted, the Catholic wasn't up to the task, but I don't think he was a Jesuit. You need a Jesuit. That's the key. Yeah. Properly do an exorcism. I like Jesuits. I, I, I'm i a fan of Jesuits. <laughs> I'm not a fan of almost anybody in the universe, but I, I the Jesuits I'm okay with. As Catholics go, Jesuits are They're pretty awesome. guys, yeah. They know shit. They yeah. know shit. They're interested in learning about shit. Yeah. And yeah, they're the, not interested in jumping in, in jumping to conclusions. Yeah. Yeah, the Exorcist Squad, uh, it failed us. I was here for the big hero team assemble moment with that. I'm like, fuck yeah, we're going to do something. And then it's like, oh no, this is, oh no. No. And then fucking, what's his name? Fierro? Yeah, Fierro. Yeah. Every time you say it, I think you're about to say Fieri. <laughs> uh, Fieri would have been a different. That's a different energy. Would have, would have different different flavor different. Like, hey, we're going to make some diarrhea food. And, the and power then, of Flavortown compels <laughs> Power of flavor telecomputers. <laughs> and then something I actually wanted to promote as the rule, and I never could quite get it phrased enough, was maybe you only need two parents. Maybe, maybe each, maybe, maybe the girls just need one parent each because that dad was just never, he was never worth anything. At any point, he was never worth anything. The dad is the to me sums up the character of them playing it safe. Because they were really, to me, they were very dancing around that the dad was inappropriate with Catherine. Like, they were, to me, they were kind of tap dancing around it just, and... I, that, they, or or his whole holier-than-thou thing was uh, bullshit in a more banal way. Like, yeah. I, I was thinking he had, like, some secret family somewhere, and he he's just... You know. Yeah. Right. So like but, there was something going on with yeah. him. Yeah. So there was something that they just didn't commit to with him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. But anyway. So our poll, because <laughs> we didn't really find anything really interesting to discuss with this film poll wise, like the, I think we already the, covered all of our hypothetical polls. Yeah, we we did, <laughs> which we, we would have brought. Since this is the finale of our Devil Suite, since we've we have finally done it here, we're just we're gonna rank our Devil Suite. Which just to remind everybody, we did John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, Rosemary's Baby, the original Exorcist, and then Exorcist Believer. I'm gonna tell you right now, mine's gonna be controversial as fuck. So fair warning. Prince of Darkness is my number one out of all of these. I mean, granted, maybe not that controversial, those who know me. My two and three, I could flip-flop. Anytime, but two, I'm saying Rosemary's Baby, three, The Exorcist, and four, Exorcist Believer. But like the border between not liking and liking the movie is between three and four. Yeah. Like one, two, and three, you're good with. It's a matter of preference. 
well, it's no, it's like yeah. two and three is what I mean. Two and three is like we right, but like yeah. you you, lo- you love number one, but two and three are perfectly fine, and then yeah. four you're not a fan of. So that, yeah, yeah the, yeah, the border between like the binary of liking and not liking is between three and four. Yeah, exactly. Mine's gonna be different, even though I am a uh, if if John Carpenter were religion, I would convert. I'm going to put Exorcist as number one. I really enjoyed reading the book and rewatching both cuts of the movie this year. So yeah, number one, uh, The Exorcist. Number two is going to be Rosemary's Baby because I think it's pretty solid. It ages a little harsher than I think uh, some some of the other older films that we've got going on. Prince of Darkness, I I, I like. It's just I don't love it. And then uh, Exorcist Believer because I I I dislike this movie. I dislike it. <laughs> Well, and that's why I said with mine is a little bit controversial because I'm not disagreeing with how well The Exorcist is done. It's just I was going back and looking back at how many times I have actively sought out to watch The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. And what I had watched more recently that I had sought out to watch, which actually was Prince of Darkness. And so that's kind of where my my headspace was with that on my ranking. Donna, what you got? I'm actually struggling I know okay. Rosemary's Baby is number one. Yeah. Okay. I know I'm not Exorcist's biggest fan. And I actually had to sit here and work my way back. Okay, Prince of Darkness. I know we watched that. Oh, okay. That's the one with the big dumb dude. <laughs> and the green goo. That's yeah, the, the green devil. goo. And yeah. the green goo. That's the devil. Okay. But the fact that I couldn't, that I could barely remember I watched it probably means I shouldn't rank it above Exorcist. <laughs> so i'm actually really struggling with my ranking sounds like you're at rosemary's baby the exorcist prince of darkness and then exorcist believer at number four i think you're projecting mac well maybe <laughs> i said it sounds like it Here, here's the thing i actually did enjoy watching exorcist believer ah. more okay. than i enjoyed watching the exorcist that's your controversial choice here, Kenzie. That's now that's enjoyment. That is not quality. Right. Listen, I enjoy the hell out of Rocky Horror Picture Show. I will not say that it's a quality movie. So there's because it's not. It's not a quality movie, mm-hmm. but I enjoy the hell out of it. So well, yeah, and that's I think that's the similar point by me putting Prince of Darkness as number one. I'm I never disagreed with the problems that it has because I know it has problems, but I mm-hmm. Out of that list, that is what I enjoyed. And that is what, so yeah, then maybe for you, it is Rosemary's Baby, Exorcist Believer, uh, Exorcist, and then Prince of Darkness. I think here's what I'm going to have to do is I'm just going to have to cheat and say it's Rosemary's Baby at first place. And then the other three tied for second, third, and fourth. I don't think that's cheating because my two and three, I can flip either way which was rosemary's baby and the exorcist it just depends so i don't i don't consider that a cheat donna okay i will say donna's choice is more i'm not objecting to it i'm just saying it's more controversial than kenzie's choice (laughs) (laughs) anything else on exorcist believer right right before we died apparently freakin said that uh the the dude who made pineapple express is going to extend my uh movie uh, I don't want to be alive for it, and I intend to possess him and make his life a living hell. <laughs> that does sound like that does sound like freaking. Does sound like freaking, yeah. Yeah, I, I hear that. 
Okay, who wants to go first on Happy Place? It was cold enough yesterday that I could wear a sweater. Nice. Woo! Um, mine's kind of it's a little bit two parter. Um, because I'm I'm greedy like that. So the first one is uh, my Happy Place is the Ahsoka finale. Uh, mm-hmm. there's shit that that happened in it. I'm still thinking about and that to me is always a very good sign but we're almost a a week away from it and yeah not at least once a day there's something i'm not thinking about from that finale also we're into spooky season i decorated my front yard uh i've been watching some spooky movies with editor billy and yeah my my yard is all spooky so we're we're smack dab into spooky season and those uh who follow me on <laughs> those are that are my Facebook friends. No, I'm po- posting my quotes every day, and I've been playing Hortle, which Hortle's so much fun. So yeah, that's my happy place. Can I take a second one? Obviously, thirty-four thirty, baby, thirty-four thirty. Suck it, Texas. Suck it. <laughs> yeah. My happy place is also the American football. Um, <laughs> or as they call it. Armored rugby. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's my happy place? Like, there's a couple of more vindictive happy places, so that's fun, but doesn't feel like in the spirit of happy place. Well, okay, here's the happy place. We're reaching the end of our year. I think we've got two more movies on the schedule. Yeah. And I've already got a list of movies to suggest for next year. I think we're going to do our, our summit meeting, too. And uh, there's... <laughs> The, the the exorcist deceiver will not be out next year so we'll get a reprieve for a year at least uh but there's some good stuff uh coming up next year i always look forward to our summit meeting one because i love i love when the three of us actually get together in person like i love that and also i love breakfast and getting to have breakfast with you know three of my favorite people to discuss the upcoming horror season like i'm i'm always down for that so i need a waffle i want a waffle <laughs> With pecans. All right. I'm just putting in my order early. That's You're putting in your order. Just you want Mac yeah. and I to remember Donna six weeks ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On October eighth, you said you wanted a waffle or a summer meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Real butter, maple syrup, side of sausage, two <laughs> eggs over medium. There. We'll get right on that. <laughs> oh, Donna, I love you so much. All right. Well. You can find us. We are on Twitter at Beyond Cabin. We're also on Threads, as well as Instagram, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, Blue Sky, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods.com, or Facebook, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, uh, our webpage, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods.com. I am on Instagram, Threads, Twitter, and Blue Sky as at Callista77. Friend of the podcast, Ryan has a new Patreon that I would really suggest y'all go visit. It is Ryan C. Bradley on Patreon. If you go there, you get to receive audio stories with guitar playing, because he's also a really good guitar player, among other... He's also a podcaster and a writer. Uh, He's a fantastic writer. He has an MFA. So I thought I'd just throw that out there. Ryan C. Bradley on Patreon. Go support Ryan. And we have linked Ryan's on our, our socials. So so you can definitely find it that way as well. He's got a new podcast that he's doing specifically on Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. So. And he will be interviewing people. And I think he said that we might 
be mm-hmm. on there sometime in the in the future. And Cass also has a new book out called The Caretaker, which I have purchased and I have not yet read. Cass Clark, The Caretaker. You can find it on Amazon and other places, I assume. Me, I am dragongoblin.com on Blue Sky, and I am at Dragon Goblin on the gram. Um, there's no I in Goblin. You will find someone else if you look for Dragon Goblin with an I in it. I'm at Party Apocalypse on Spoutable and Blue Sky. There is the husk of an X or Twitter account uh, and uh, PartyApocalypse.com hosts not only this podcast, but other fine podcasts, including The Holodeck is Broken, uh, Disorganized, a Criminal Minds podcast, and uh, full runs of As the Myth Turns, Friendables, Two Friends Talking About Hannibal Lecter, and The Fourth Wall. As always, thank you to our editor, Billy, who uh, does a lot of work to make us sound fantastic and professional. We do appreciate it. We love you, Billy. And thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us if you aren't doing so already. Don't read the Latin. Or in this case, read the Latin. Get somebody who has the Latin ready and make sure that it's cleared with the diocese before you start strapping people into chairs. Just follow your Latin reading procedures. And go ahead and be there when they give the instructions that say don't touch the girls and then don't touch the girls because that was apparently a mistake. Yeah, everything was a mistake. It was all a big mistake. Do you know what horror is?